Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kanks Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KanksCast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off an episode this past week where we've been talking about the Kings and particularly the blame game going on in Kings land. So it's been an up and down pretty much month leading up to the all-star break and a lot of blames going around. So Ryan, I had a great conversation about that. If you're looking for anything Kings cast, you can find all of those episodes streaming where we find your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan was good. What is going on? It is the all-star break. Um, uh, it kind of sucks, right? Because me and Eric have talked about this multiple times that our favorite time of the year is the trade deadline, right? Like, that's like, dude, it's popping, dude. You know, February is a good month for basketball. And uh, that got postponed, you know. So we're approaching the trade deadline. So, um, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to that, dude. Like, I'm really, really looking. I was at work today, uh, you know, trying to find rumors and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's it's the all-star break usually – you know, uh, the all-star game is usually like around my birthday, you know, my birthday's 19. So I'm always, that week is always just a good basketball, good week for me. But, um, you know, we're in March now and, um, I don't know, are you going to watch the all-star game tonight? You know, we, we are filming or filming, we are recording the all-star games in like an hour. Um, I'm looking right now. I'm excited. The all-star games already started. That's how off oh, we are. It? I thought, oh, it I just started. It, it just, no, it just, it oh, just started. Six. So. Yeah, so we're recording uh, Sunday evening, mid-All-Star game. So that's where we're at, Ryan. Uh, Three-point contest went down. False champion, yeah. Steph Curry. I know, know false, champ, <laughs> false champ. False False champion. It's too bad that Buddy didn't didn't do it. I mean, I think it was probably, it seemed like personal personal reasons. It was our yeah, one claim to fame. Yeah, that didn't, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. And, dude, he should have done it because he's on fire right now. His last, like, four games that he has shot the lights out of the ball. So it would have been perfect timing, but a little disappointed he didn't do it. You know what I am disappointed in was the dunk contest participants this year. Like I was, I like they got, what's his name? Anthony Simmons or whatever from Portland. He's not even the best, best dunker on his team, dude. Like Derek Jones Jr. is on that squad. So I don't know what's up with that, man. I was a little disappointed because lately the last like four or five dunk contests have been legit, dude. You know, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine and stuff, but Dunk contest participants that they that they had, or I didn't, you know, it, it already happened. I didn't even watch it, but uh, yeah, I, I just wasn't impressed, dude. It didn't get me to tune in at all. 
it seems like the dunk contest ebbs and flows with names every so often. Because back in the day when we were kids, it was it was as the kids say, it was lit, right? It was lit, man. There was there was all kinds of stars in there. And then I I remember then it started to get kind of remember Fred Jones was in the dunk contest from the, the Pacers. Yeah, Fred, like, yeah, Fred, it's Fred start, Jones. Yeah. It started turning into like athletic bench players. I mean, we're, we're pre, it was Which, always that way, dude, but that's it's, fine. it was made that's up fine, of that. Though. That's, that's fine. You know, like I, I don't mind the athletic bench players, but like, dude, when you got like the, the dunk contest this year, come on, dude. Like, all right. I can see Zach Levine not being in it towards ACL like twice and stuff, but, I feel like Aaron Gordon needs to win a dunk contest. So, like, <laughs> I think he's hurt right now. But I just, you know, I want to see the dudes in it, man. I want to see, like, some cool-ass, uh, you know, some cool-ass guys in there throwing it down hella hard. But it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, it is what it is. So, all right. So, today, Ryan, I, one thing I wanted to do is, is we try not to get too crazy about our takes and too reactionary about our takes throughout the season. And it's one thing that we've always thrown caution to Kings fans and, and sports fans in general is don't make your conclusions after one game or one big moment. And so uh, what I wanted to do today was to revisit our preseason predictions and just take a look at the first half of the season and where we were right and where we were wrong and maybe have a nice conversation about what's going to happen, uh, you know, the second half. Uh, let's talk briefly, though, Ryan, because it was a really interesting week. Um, the games, the games were interesting, really some close games. I mean, the reason I, 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 I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but I did want to bring it up because our last podcast, last two podcasts, really the Kings were, I mean, they were not doing, doing well. I mean, they were losing a, a lot of games and people were going nuts. And it, so it's, it sucks. I always say it's tough to come on here when they're, when they're really losing really bad because Kingsland gets so nuts, but, they had they they were competitive and played well in in a couple games leading up. So I want to revisit some of those. They had that game against the Pistons. The, one thing about that game I wanted to highlight, Ryan, not that we're going to have a conversation about the Pistons and the Kings, but uh, the Pistons. I mean, maybe the worst team in the entire league. It was a really it was a really close game. People made a lot of Rashawn Holmes uh, made a, a lot a big deal, I guess, about Rashawn Holmes because he went off for like. 17 rebounds or something in the game. That's something you've always said, right? I wanted to highlight this is like that guy, man, he, he would, he just feasts off of, you know, backup big men. And he totally did it that game. Um, and then the game against the Hornets, that was, that was a tough game. That was probably the toughest game all year because they, they were winning that game the, the entire game. And they go down and, and blow just, I don't remember the numbers. It was something like a seven, eight point lead. Mostly because of, yeah, of free throw. That one was trash. I was really pissed after that game. I was really pissed off after that one. And then, you know, the Lakers bench their players, so they get the dub off that one. And then that close game to the Trailblazers. So, you know, two and two to fit to go into the All-Star break. I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because yeah. they, they, they yeah. were playing hard, which they weren't the month before. Yeah, the thing that – I mean, the thing that bugs me, right, is when you're a team like Sacramento, like you – have to win those Hornets games, right? Like if you want to be a competitive and you want to compete for a playoff spot, you got to beat the teams that are in your tier, especially teams that are in the Eastern conference. You got to take care of business because everybody knows the Western conference is a little stronger. Um, we got lucky and, you know, AD's out and LeBron finally sat a game. So um, I guess all in all, it ends up evening out and we get two wins. Like we probably would have suspected out of those four. Um, 
but yeah, that dude, that Hornets game. All right, so <laughs> I went to sleep. Okay, I, you guys are you guys listen all the time. I wake up hella early to go to work. Um, so like if the Kings are like getting blow out, blown out in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter, if they're up or whatever, usually, you know, I, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go to bed and I'll watch the recap in the, in the morning and stuff when I get to work, blah, blah, blah. So I go to bed, you know, I think there's two minutes left and I'm like, okay, you know, well, I wake up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I go check the box score. I'm like, okay, let's, let's see what ended up fine. You know, maybe, maybe people got some free throws at the end and we, we boosted, padded our stats or something. They freaking lost, dude. I was like, I was like losing my shit like at three in the morning, dude. I was, it was crazy. That, that really did piss me off, dude. And, um, fucking PJ Washington, I guess he's just the the King's killer, dude. He's got his, like his both career highs against Sacramento. It's freaking stupid, dude. That's what really pissed me off. Stupid random guys going off against Sacramento. It's ridiculous. That game, that game really fucking pissed me off, man. It really, I forgot it. It really, it, yeah. it really made me mad. And I, th- I felt we had to talk about it because there was something key that came into that game that I wanted to highlight that I'm sure we're going to go in later into the conversation about. It was at the end of the game. Uh, you know, at that point, the Kings were down, I think, two possessions. And there was it was under 10 seconds, I think. And, and Buddy Heald turned the ball over, coming off of a screen into a double team. It bounced that was off the- us. Portland game, Portland game, right? Is that the no? I think I think that was the, I was it, Port- yeah, you know, it was the Portland game. You're Portland. Right, it was, it was Portland. Port- it was Portland. It was yep, Portland. you're right. So, um, anyway, he loses the ball. They get the ball back. Game's over, pretty much, right? And 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 everybody was just going crazy in Kingsland. Oh, Buddy healed again. He strikes again. Blah blah. blah. I'm like, <laughs> and it just goes in picks and sh- it, people pick and choose their points. Right? I, I I was like, I have to go on the podcast and say this because it's if you if you guys watch that game. Um, I watched Rashawn Holmes try to Euro step to the left and get swatted. I watched Fox get swatted. I watched Barnes get swatted. Like four straight possessions ended in blocks in key moments in, in a back and forth game where Damian Lillard is just going off, yeah. and everybody blamed Buddy Hield. So it's just it was one of those games. That, yeah, you never know, mind Buddy. You know, never mind Buddy was five from twelve from three, and you know had what twenty eight or whatever. You know, six rebounds, like four assists. Never mind all that. You know, but. Yeah, God forbid he gets he turns the ball over in a double team, you know, at the end of the game. It's it's on but you know that's that's how fans are, right? They see that one moment. You know, maybe you know maybe that person that was saying all this stuff that maybe they didn't see the first half, you know, maybe they tu- they tuned in only in the fourth quarter and they see Buddy do it and that is the narrative around Buddy Heald, right? Like last year a lot of the narrative around Buddy was well he can't really protect the ball and stuff and it's kind of unfair because when you look at the stats, he he really does. It's not like he's like a a turnover machine, you know, like he's pretty average, you know, uh, when it comes to taking care of the ball. Yeah. It's those, it's those pick and choosing. So let's jump right into kind of the bulk of the episode, Ryan. And I wanted, we did something fun where we did some, you know, you call them predictions at, at the beginning. So I wanted to revisit some of those um, and talking about Buddy Hill. I think it's a good place to start for us and get this one out of the way. Cause you and I on the off season, we did an episode called the defense of Buddy Heald, right? And going into the season, we were really, really excited to see Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox and Baggett, all these guys just in Barnes really just play night in and night out together. We really wanted to see what that looked like. So I had posed the question in um, our, our, our season preview uh, part two and I had said who is the number one player that, that Kings cast would have to defend um, and you went with Buddy Heald so is has that to the first half has that remained true for you and do you still stand that he needs to be defending or 
Have you changed? What's your thoughts? Because you, we always said we're going to give it to the All-Star break to reassess him. Okay, so Buddy, this it's 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 hard, man. This is, Buddy's not shooting well this year. Okay, they, they call it what it is. All right, he, he's he's not shooting well. But even Buddy not shooting well is is still pretty good. You know, a lot of people will look at and say, you know, he oh he's only averaging like sixteen and a half a game compared to you know the nineteen and and the and the twenty that he was averaging before. Uh, you know, I I think a lot of that is I would attribute to. Um, look at De'Aaron Fox, you know, look, look at the leap that De'Aaron Fox has made this year. Look at the, you know, um, that where me and you had said, you know, De'Aaron Fox needs to take it, to, take it to the next level. He has taken it to the next level. I think a lot of that is um, you can contribute his down points as well to Halliburton. You know, Halliburton has played very, very well. He's scoring the ball really well. Harrison Barnes has been consistent. And then you got Marvin Bagley. Okay. Um, Marvin Bagley, um, is healthy this year. He's averaging 14, 15 a game. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I, it's hard to defend Buddy Heald, but I, I think the biggest thing about, you know, what Buddy Heald is people are still, nobody's worried about his scoring. People are talking about, oh, his like you, like we had said earlier, talking about his turnovers, talking about his defense and stuff. And um, I, I, I really thought that, or I do think that his defense and his turnovers and stuff has improved this year. Um, so it's kind of, it's really different than what I expected. I didn't think that I would be defending his scoring. I thought it'd be the other way around and all that stuff. So it's just, it, it's been a weird, um, it's been a weird season from something that I really didn't expect. And, and honestly, I am a little disappointed. Um, and I have started to cave lately to you about his scoring and stuff and, you know, actually calling him out for what it is. So one thing we do have to do you know, is, is keeper real. And it's one thing we've always tried to pride ourselves on, on the podcast, right? I mean, we really have advocated for this guy. We, and, and the biggest thing is like I started off was we just wanted to see him play a full season next to De'Aaron Fox and with mm-hmm. Barnes. I mean, since they traded Barnes and they've never had, you know, Barnes, Bagley, Fox, and Buddy Heald play together. Like they consistently, they've never had that, you know, and we were just excited to see that. And I think a lot of the reasons that we did the defense of Buddy Heald and we really picked him as our – well, you you picked him. We did it kind of draft style, but I would have agreed. He would have been the number one player that we would have defended was because going into the season, people had already given up on him and they already wanted to trade him. And and because of that, he's getting the brunt of everything, every every game, no matter what. And it's, it's you know, front of the show, I say it. Front of the show, Chris B says it all the time. The, the I hate Buddy fan club is true. Every night it's Buddy Heald's fault. Right. Uh, I just mentioned it, the Portland game, you know, four other guys gets their shit swatted on stupid shots and key possessions, but he gets the blame. So it's one, it's, it's tough. And it did, he didn't do himself any favors, Ryan, when he was shooting at high volume and was shooting terribly. I mean, 30% from three pointers and taking 15 a game. You can't defend that. You just can't defend that. And, and I get where people's frustrations are with that. Um, I've defended him along the way because I don't think here's where my defense of him has been. Um, you know, and the question was player that we need to defend. I have defended him so far this season in that I, I'm not defending his play or justifying anything, but it's more the that people blame him for everything. And that's what I have to, it's like, you got to put it in context. You know, it, it's not, he, you guys blame him for the craziest shit. You know, I'll ask you this, Ryan. Uh, we, we, we said that we use, I said, I wanted to give it to the end of the year to decide what to do with him. 
you said you would give it to the all-star break. Where are you, as far as trading him, where do you stand with that today? And keep it real. Where do you stand with that today? Okay. All right. So it's just like it is for everybody else, dude. I don't want to move, buddy. We've talked about it multiple times. Three-point shooting is hard to come by, especially somebody um, who shoots at um, or has the capability to shoot at a high clip. And you got to remember, he's at 37%, right? Like he's having a down year and he's at 37%. Like that's still like, it's still pretty good. And, uh, you know, he came on the last three games and he's shown the potential of what he can do. Um, but me and you have said everybody is up for sale. Everybody and anybody has a price, okay? Like unless you're LeBron James, you know, anybody and everybody has a price. And uh, if obviously if the right price came around, then yeah, you you would, you know, you would want to try to move Buddy. I, I think that'd be a possibility. But for, you know, stuff that I've seen, you know, I've seen a lot of shit about people trying to, you know, move Buddy for like Malik Monk and like stupid shit like that. And it's like, no, no, no. Buddy is available for the right price. And if you can get a right value and you can, uh, you know, improve your salary cap, salary cap positioning and um, get some real assets back, then hell yeah, trade him. Okay. I, I, I understand the business of the game, but if you just, you know, if they just get rid of him just to get rid of him, I, I'm not a fan of that. I think that's dumb. I think his three point shooting, even in a down year, which it is this year, is super valuable to this team, especially being around Darren Fox. And I, I still really believe that Darren Fox and, and Buddy Heald are a really good backcourt and they can be one of the best in the league. Um, so that's where I stand. It, you know, if you get a out-of-this-world trade, of course, make the move. But if, if you're doing it just to get rid of him, um, I, I don't like it. KHTK's Matt George put a tweet out, Ryan. I saved this one. He said that basically if if – if at this point it was when they were in their losing streak, and this is where all these people out there, these you know media types, they get all sulky and shit. Uh, he put a tweet out and said that basically, at this point the Kings are losing so bad. If they can just get Buddy Hield and get him off for a salary dump, you know it'd be it'd be the biggest win of the season. I thought that's just such trash for someone it's who works so for bad. The, yeah, it's someone yeah, who works so for the bad. local the local station here. Yeah. I thought that was a really terrible take. Um, and that's kind of when you're referring to, and the, and then also, you know, the Kings Herald, uh, another terrible take. You know, people they they put one out the other day that basically the Kings should trade uh, Buddy Hill and make minutes for uh, Kyle Guy and yeah, Quan Jeffries, fucking, and, and it's fucking terrible. And dude. and so it's those things right there that I have a hard time with. You know, those are the ones I'm like, that's why maybe on King's cast Ryan, we get so reactionary because we hear that stuff, not just from yeah. Joe blow. We hear it from people who like cover the, the team. Right. And it frustrates me. Um, what my question I asked to you, you know, how do I feel about him? I said, I want to see him to the end of the year. You can't judge people on 20, 30 games. I mean, you just can't, I mean, really right now, the Kings, the Kings aren't deep. They haven't been deep all year. Um, it, the COVID year, I think, makes things difficult. I think that guys are being inserted to roles that they, you know, are playing more minutes and playing more roles than they probably could because of teams. I just want to see it. And at the end of the day, honestly, I, I think that Buddy Hield's value in the offseason is no different than it is now. Uh, his contract de-escalates, and he's at the pinnacle of the salary this year. So I just feel like roll with it through the end of the year. I think the best time would be the draft if they want to trade him. You know, that's probably the best idea. I mean, the big holdup is his cap number. And, you know, there's some things that if, if the Kings really want to 
go down now and try to get some assets now, like draft assets and go that route. You know, I get that. I get, I guess I get that take, but I don't support that take on for the end of the year. You know, and, and to put things into perspective on Buddy Heald. Okay. So, so we're at the all-star break. He's shooting 37.8%. All right. So essentially 38% from the three point line this year on 10.3 attempts per game. Um, last year, three point champion and everyone would agree. He shot really well last year. 39 and a half percent at 9.6, right? So he's up, you know, 0.7 attempts a game and he's dipped, you know, point, what is that? 16%. So like in the grand scheme of things, he's really not shooting that bad. I, I think the, the big thing that people hate on Buddy Hield is uh, they expect him to, to have other like facets to his game, right? Like they expect him to be able to go off the dribble and they expect him, you know, to take more two point attempts and stuff, but that's really just not his game. He's doing what he does well. And um, you know, I, I really think Buddy's going to pick it up the second, second half of the season. I, I, I really believe that. And I think, you know, the last three, four games, he's shown that um, what he's capable of and uh, yeah, we're, we're going to see, you know, but again, I'm, I, I, I just can't let him go for nothing. You know, that's just really dumb to me. It doesn't make sense. I hate those fucking takes. No, we don't want Malik Monk. You know, no, we're not trying to just get rid of his salary cap, especially because it's, de, you know, de-escalating and stuff. So um, we'll see, man. Give it another, you know, three months from now, we'll have our answer. Yep. And, and like you said, we will always maintain that we're, we're we will trade. I'll train right now if it gets them better. You know, if it's, if it's a young player who's if been it better. for a couple of yeah. years, who's, Oh, that's, you know, you look at it. Oh, that's going to be great. Or maybe they pull a nice, they package something and get a really good forward or something. Okay. I see that. I like that. I support that because I'm yeah. for the Kings. I'm for the Kings at the end of the day. I'm not for me being right or me winning an argument exactly. about Buddy Hill. I don't give a shit. I'm about, I'm about getting better and I'm not for just tanking it. Um, so that's that, you know, that's where we stand on it. For me, you know, I, I want to see it through. Ryan, I think you do too. I think you're, you know, you would say, right, you're probably just, you're open yeah. to, you're open more so than you were. Um, the other guy, I think that I, I, I had picked, you know, you had taken Buddy Heald. Here's a guy who I said that we were going to have to defend it. And I kind of predicted this one, I feel like, and it's is De'Aaron Fox. So I thought that we were going to have to de- defend De'Aaron Fox this year because he got the max contract. And I had listened back to the season preview episode, Ryan. And one thing I said on there is the money freaking changes everything. It changes the perception of things. Um, and it's how much a guy gets paid is how people judge that player. You know, and and not that he's a young player that he's developing still. He's he's not even close to where he's going to be in a, in a year, two years, three years. And, you know, people have no regards into that. You know, these players at this point are do that contract extension. Like I talked about last week, really early before they've really proven themselves yet because they're drafted so young. So when a, when a player is getting a max contract, and then they have a rough couple stretches of games because they're tired. They're playing on mids like Darren Fox has. What are the takes you start? You, we've started to see, and it's something I thought. Oh, he's not a superstar. He's not this. He's not worthy of the max. And 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 those takes to me are are fucking nuts. You know, they're nuts. And I kind of predicted it. You know, the money just changes everything. Do you think that I'm right about that? Uh, that we've had to defend him a little bit. You've seen that. Hunt. 100%, 100% the money changes everything. And it's kind of crazy, dude. Like, he's averaging 23 points a game, you know, seven and a half assists, three and a half rebounds. Um, 
you know, during that stretch where they went seven and one or whatever, people were calling for Darren Fox to be in the all-star game. Like it was like, okay, national media, you know, was, was saying, okay, Darren Fox has arrived. He's here. Um, you know, and, and it, it's crazy to me that, you know, at 23 years old, people are, are, are hating and he's not deserving of this, you know, and Eric's talked about, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but Eric's talked about it, you know, example of Jamal Murray, you know, getting that max a season early guys come into the NBA so young. Now you, you got to do what you got to do, right? Like you have to pay Darren Fox or he'll go somewhere else and someone who will pay him. And when he's 25 and averaging 26 a game, you're going to regret it. Uh, so yeah, I really, you've done it more than I have. I haven't really got into too much on Darren Fox. I kind of just let his numbers speak for himself and he's going to be fine. Dude, he's so young still too. It's ridiculous that anybody would doubt his talent. Yep, but it is something I predicted, and, he, and if you're in, if you're out there, you know, participating in in social media, or reading things, you see the take out there. So it's just something, you know. Those are our two picks for that. Um, this is a good one, Ryan. This is always a good one because we are anti locker room guy. You know, we we are not about like locker room guy and paying locker room guy, and and Kings fans love locker room guy, and so fan favorite. Um, so we I had put the question out there. Who did we predict was going to be everybody's fan favorite? And I had went first in this one, and I picked Halliburton. And at the time, it's because he's in the preseason, and he had he had some good games. You know, he's looking good, and people he was probably playing above his draft position, and people were fucking nutting themselves out there, you know, about him. And I, we were excited too, but I thought that this guy was was going to be the the guy that everyone was going to love and it it goes back to me to last year how everyone just loved Bogdanovich and they when they when they start to like a player they they really really block out their deficiencies and you know what's really funny is when a guy's on the bench um it you can fantasize about all the things he could do if he were in a starting lineup i heard a lot about that about Bogdanovich last year right like oh if he got him here only if he got these minutes he would he would be doing this and 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 he never has to prove it he never actually has to go out there and do that all he needs to do is keep doing what he's doing and fans love him and this isn't a di- a, uh, a diss on Halliburton because i really i really like him and and l- listening back Ryan i we were both wrong about his impact cuz me and you I, you know, we there was a line on there that one of us had said that people thought he would do like 10, 7, and 7, and we thought that that was like crazy. We were like, I, I don't know. That's just like a lot, mm. you know? That is a and, lot, though. That is a lot, and he's not he's not 10, 7, and 7. No, he's, he, he's, that, not, that, he, he's not 10, 7, and 7, but we were in the conversation, you know, I had in the preview, we weren't even sure if he'd get 10 points a game. And he, he's at, you know, no, 10, seven, seven yeah, is, you know, a, is a lot. And so we, it was more of the, it was more of the points, I guess, is what I was yeah. emphasizing. You know, he, he, uh, he definitely hit, let me, I'll interrupt you real quick on that. He is, um, you know, obviously he's got the funky looking shot. Uh, he shoots better. Than I thought he would just like everybody else in the world. Okay. Everybody thought that Halliburton, you know, he has the funky shot. Is it going to translate? Blah, blah, blah. And it has translated good on him. I'm ecstatic about that. I really am. Like, I'm really glad that I'm wrong. And that's the one thing that we try to do is come on here. It's like, if we're wrong, we're going to come on here and say it. And I was wrong. He's a better scorer than I thought he would be. Um, but, you know, we will see, right? I, I still leave it up to we will see. You know, a lot of guys have had good rookie years. Michael Carter-Williams, Tyreek Evans, um, who have come out and been rookie of the year type players and um, you know, year two, year three, they, they didn't progress. So 
Um, I'm a huge fan and I, I hope that he, you know, gets better and better each year, but we will see, you know, that he's missed the last few games that rookie wall is a real thing. So, um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see he's, he's one of the guys that I'm keying in on the second half of the season to really see, um, if he can elevate himself. Yeah. Uh, 13 points a game. So that's higher than I thought that's he'd reach. So, one of the things I want to talk, one of the things I want to talk about him and it's, why he's a fan favorite is because Buddy Hield struggles. So people are like, well, Ty- Tyrese Halbert needs to get, he needs to be a starter. And we've had conversations about that uh, surrounding Halbert. And the thing about, about Halbert is that he plays 30 minutes a game. Like he plays 30 minutes a game. He plays more minutes than Marvin Bagley. He's playing starters minutes. I mean, there's a lot of games where he's playing starters minutes. Yeah, so yeah. basically, you're seeing, you're probably seeing where he, Probably, I mean, if he was in the startup, it probably wouldn't change. It was the same thing with Bogdanovich last year. But everyone w- w- clamored for a year for B- Bogdanovich to get into the starting lineup. And, and if, he, oh, if he gets in, he's going to imagine what he would do. He actually gets in. His stat line didn't change. I mean, it didn't change. He just shot more, and, his sh- and the shots were more difficult to get the stats that, to get the same stats, basically. You know, and, and so that's a thing. And, I've this past week, and I, I like to listen to the pre and post game. The Kings actually have a decent pre and post game. Katie Hunter, she's solid. I don't know if you ever like actually listened to her. She yeah. like does her work. She's not influenced by the bullshit and the local like a lot of the local, local media is. And she drops some real takes. But you know, even you know, even you could tell the producers say, hey, you know, because Hal Burton was hurt to finish off the last stretch of games. He didn't play, and so then they started doing an analysis of, oh. How Halliburton, you know, his impact is felt on this team and blah, blah, is felt on this team. And it's one of those things that uh, holding people, I like to hold people back from getting way too hyped because it's not necessary. Yeah, he has an impact because he's just, a, he's a contributing player on a very, he's playing, yeah, on a very he's playing 30 thin, minutes tonight. Yeah, on a very thin team. So if you have take a contributing player on a thin team, no shit, their presence is going to be felt. It doesn't mean that he's this, all all star player or the top player on the team or how much of an impact but i mean ryan somebody i don't even remember it was somebody notable okay and this is how hype the fan favorites are it was like a media person they went as to as far as to go on a series of tweets about him and complimenting <laughs> this is the best dude i fucking slap hands dude they were complimenting his presence on the sidelines when he was hurt. He's not yeah, playing. Yeah. Hey, he, he gets up and slaps his teammates' hands every time. Look what he yeah. does. He brings that energy. I, you know, that's the stuff on King's guests. Like, hey, we're not cheesy as fuck. Okay, we're, we're going to tell well, you that's dumb. <laughs> you know, that's just you just falling in love. You know, falling in love. And you got to fall in like with players. Not Don't fall in love, right? Who says that, Eric? Is that Colin Coward, right? Yeah, Colin that's Coward's right. Yeah, a that's big, right. Yeah. Colin Coward's Colin Coward's a big fall in like with players, don't fall in love. And that's a huge problem with Sacramento. There's no middle ground with anybody, right? With Sacramento fans, they either hella love that player or fuck him. You know, I like hate him. fuck, fuck, fuck Buddy Hield, fuck him. And it's like, <laughs> you, like, like, why can't it just be like, hey, Buddy Hield's cool. He's hella he's, he's a legit, you know, he's one of the best three-point shooters of all time already. You know, it's like, hell yeah, Buddy Hield's cool. I like him. He's a good asset to the team. You know, like, could we upgrade? Yeah. Slightly you know? overpaid this year, probably. Yeah, slightly overpaid, yes. But is he cool to have on the team? Yeah. And, you know, do we really have a better option? No. And it goes to Rashawn Holmes, too, right? Like, people love Rashawn Holmes, you know? And it's like, 
why can't you just like the guy? Like, can can we get an upgrade over Rashawn Holmes? Yes, we can. You know, is he the best option on our team right now? Yes, he is. Cool, I like him. I don't need to love him. I don't need to MVP chant him when he's at the free throw line. I like him. He's a cool player. You know, it's, it, that's Sacramento's biggest problem right there. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So yeah. hot. Uh, ah. yeah. But so the uh, second man. player that was the fan favorite you had picked, Ryan, was Rashawn Holmes. So let's have a conversation yeah. about Rashawn Holmes because – uh, he was he was too, he was last year's fan favorite by far MVP chance in a oh, loss in December. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I I love it. You know, okay. I I have to say this, okay, because probably more than you, I've been kind of. I'm not I'm not gonna use the word hater because that's dumb and that's what people on Twitter use. I've not been as like boastful about Rashawn Holmes just because I, I you know. I think he is what he is. I think that he's peaked. I, you know, I, I think that going into here, I thought he peaked. This is, he's solid. He's more of a power forward, but you know, and I think that they shouldn't pay him this big money that's being rumored. So I, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, but I, I'm probably think he should probably be traded is kind of my thing was what I said with him. Right. I would like to say that he, he has taken up one more notch not not a huge notch but he's taken he's then he did go, for me going into the year he's done a couple he's done some things he's played a little bit better honestly though Ryan if a guy comes out for a second year in a row and he adds he adds a little bit to his game and he's playing i mean he's he's but this is where it's at right now this is the okay. so yeah so his stats are literally like you know, we're only 30 games into the season right now, but his stats are, like, identical to last year. Okay, like, let's put this into perspective, all right? Last year, 12.3 is averaging 13 this year. Steals are down 0.2, whatever. Blocks are up from 1.3 to 1.5, right? Turnovers are essentially the same. They went up 0.1. Um, total rebounds, 8.1, 8.3. You know, uh, free throw percentage is up 2%. You know, field goal percentage is up you know, 3%, you know, so, and it's like you're getting what you're seeing from Rashawn Holmes is what you're going to get. He's playing 30 minutes, you know, like he's not getting no better than, than he is right now. It's not like Matt, you know, he, what is he 28? He's not going to magically like average like 18 and 11, dude. Like that's my, that's my thing about Rashawn Holmes. And then people have to realize that people think that, you know, well, he's, you know, he's young and eh, he's 28, you know, and you have to realize when, like, when guys are getting 30 minutes a game at 28 years old, they're not going to magically just make that jump at, you know, 29 or 30. You know, it's just not going to happen. What you're seeing is the best version of Rashawn Holmes right now, and he's a good player, but it goes back to fall in like with players, don't fall in love. You know, Rashawn Holmes is a valuable piece to this team. He hustles his ass off. He does the little things. He, he's, he's unselfish, you know, everything that you hear is, you know, he's just a good dude and, and that's valuable on the team. But in Sacramento, people like to fall in love, fall in like the guy's not worth 15 to 18 million. Sorry. I'm, I'm just, I, I, I don't know if you plan on going that direction, but that's where I'm at. He's not worth 15 to 18 million. Okay. Um, solid player, very solid player. I like him, but we can upgrade that position for sure. Yeah, not where I was going with it. 
because he is in another. <laughs> just, he is in another. He is in another segment. Yeah. But the point was, who was the fan favorite? I, I will say this: very much worthy of the fan favorite role. If someone's got to have the title, yeah, you know, he's worthy. He's worthy of it. You know, he's somebody you like. Is he? Is he though? Like, like if you're if you're a fan, dude. Okay, so I I like him. But if you're a fan, why is Darren Fox not your fan favorite? Like, well, really? this this if, this, if is, you watch, this is the catch twenty two. This is the catch twenty two, right? Crazy. This is the catch twenty two. Is that? Fan favorite can't be the superstar. That's why they're fan favorite, right? So the the fan favorite has to be the guy who's like bottom of the line lineup or bottom of the starting lineup, but he plays he plays up, and that's why they makes them the fan favorite. Okay, right? okay. So do you think if Rashawn Holmes, okay, if they do miraculously pay him this year, okay, say he gets what Cowboy Kingdom's calling for eighteen million, okay, he gets his eighteen million. Is Rashawn Holmes the fan favorite next year? Fuck no. No, because the money changes things. Fuck no, because what's the difference? See, and that's my thing right there. It's like, okay, you know, let's let's call it what it is. Your fan favorite should be your best player in your team, okay? Sorry. There's a lot of guys like Rashawn Holmes. There's always been guys like – there always will be guys like Rashawn Holmes. You know, there's not always guys like like De'Aaron Fox. There's not. Nah, there's, I think there's, there's, there's I, a handful. That's I think. I think right there, to be a fan favorite, you have to be like the bottom – here, you're, the, you're the hustle guy you're the glue guy you're the does everything the little things guy that everyone you know Stupid. well we're not those guys but i i had to come on here and bob rishon and say like um i, I was really like fuck, move him whatever replace him whatever he's contributing and, and, and i do I, like I, him though i, that's, I like that's him and I, and I had to come I on here like and say him, it yeah. because i really kind of hate i've I say hated. I was not as boastful about him as others, and I I like him. I like Rashawn. I do. I, he's, playing, a, yeah. he's playing fun. He's playing fun. That, that that's it. So I do um, like him. Yeah. yeah. Most likely to be traded. That's that was the next one we had done. Who is the player most likely to be traded? Um, I'm just gonna come out and say, <laughs> uh, Rashawn Holmes was mine. Both of us had picked uh, Bealisa to be our number one play, most player likely to be traded, but we did it draft style. So I went second, and I picked. Holmes is my second likely. I'll just touch on this quick because this, what I was saying about his contract, or you were saying about his contract, this is where I was going. We were going with it. The reason why we thought he'd be traded because the rumors that are coming out are just really high. It's the same thing with Bogey last year. It's it's a salary cap league, and you can only pay guys market value. And when I hear Cowbell Kingdom and other people talking about, like you said, fifteen to eighteen million, there's no player comp that says fifteen to eighteen million. Uh, that would wreck the King's cap and he, and he doesn't play. It wouldn't wreck it, but it would, it would prevent them from do, doing more beneficial moves, I guess, uh, in the off season and in, in, in the future. And so, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, for, I'm not for that. And that's why going into the year, I said he's more likely to be traded because if that's what the market is, he really is then on an expiring deal, a guy who can contribute immediately the most tradable valuable asset to actually get something in return. So that was our reasoning why at this point, I think that now the season's played on. I do think that Ryan, that uh, I don't think he's going to get traded. So I have to say that I don't think he's going to get traded at this point because I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to get paid that I, <laughs> he's not, you know, uh, you put in here and we've said, it's an average of 15 to 18. That's what we think is bad. Now, if he wants to get for eight, you know, front loaded contract, 15, the first year works its way down, has a team option for a really, you know, 10 million, 9 like, million or something on yeah, the year three yeah. or something, you know, I'd be okay with yeah. that. Pay, pay the guy yeah. one year, make it work next year. But you know, we can't have, we can't be having that. Yeah. For, so, for something, something in the range, something in the range of like, 
you know, a three or 40 mil, that's, that's fine. You know, but when you start getting that 15 a year average, shit, man, you start making, that's, that's real money. You know, that's, that's that real money. And that's, you know, where it's, you know, we're, we're not fans of, you know, I could see, I, I don't know how you feel about this. I, and me and you have talked about this offline, but I'll put it on here is, you know, do you think that they would do like a, a two year 30 mil to where he gets like 15 years for short term? Like this year he gets 15 and next year's like team option wise or something. I, I, I think that could possibly maybe, but I'm, I'm thinking more in the 10 to 11, honestly, but, um, and then going back to, is he going to be traded? Uh, no, he's not gonna be traded soft season. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Or this yeah. the, during the season, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he is. I think they're gonna play it. I I, I don't two even two years because really that the short term money is really really where the problem lies. It's you, you know I I don't know but, unless they unless they feel really really confident and they want to keep this group of five together. You know that's the only thing I could think of because with Bielisa and and. Corey Joseph and Parker, their contracts moving on. I mean, they're going to have some money to fill out a bench if they, if they want to go out in the next year, year two and roll with it. You know, play that two three year game with because because Buddy Hield and Barnes and then Holmes would be on their contracts would they're, be on the same. Everyone likes to exactly. use the word timeline. Yes, their contracts yes. would be on the same timeline. And, and that's, I don't and think that's what I was getting at. I don't think he is uh, personally to me. I, I I just don't think the market calls for fifteen. I I don't think it does. You know. Yeah, I don't think so either. But if they did it, if the, if I don't know, it'd be a tough one. It would be tough. I I don't know. I don't know. But we can talk about that. How about that when that comes? But will you get traded? No. So Bielisa, that's the one. That was both our. That was your pick, and I really agree with you. I thought he was the most likely to be traded. Um, expiring deal. He's gone. Not that much money. Does he get traded? He's gone. <laughs> he's 100% gone. If Bielisa, you want to why? Because if Bielisa's still on the roster after the trade deadline, why the fuck did you bench him for 15 games? You know what I mean? Like, why the fuck did you do that when you could have used him? Because Bielisa's a player. He can contribute. He's shown that. So if, if you don't end up moving him, even if it's for fucking nothing, you know, if you don't end up moving him, you're just gonna look like dumbasses. <laughs> you that's, know, that's a you, dude. That's a really yeah. good point because if you look, yeah. the King, they did they did bench him. They were losing a ton of they games. Benched, and they, and, yes, and they didn't want to. They play benched him. his. Yeah, they benched him for like 15 games, dude. He didn't have an appearance for hella long, and then you know everybody got a little banged up, and he he started playing again. But it's like, you know how fucking dumb you're gonna look. You know how dumb you're really gonna look if if you don't end up moving him for nothing. Like I'm moving for nothing. Who cares? Move him for who cares? You know, move, but yeah, move just, him. If, if you move him for a guy and yeah. then play that guy the rest of the year, then you yes. won't look at like it. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's the point you're just, making. Just, 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 just out of pure principle, dude, you need to fucking move him. It's true because they, they really could have used him. And that's what's frustrating about the Kings. Yeah. It's so frustrating as a fan was, was that, dude, you have like the worst. We've talked about it on King's Guest. You, you know, you have like maybe the worst bench in the league. You have the G League as a bench. You have a guy who started a lot of games for you in years past, and he started games under Luke Walton. So it's not like even a new system or anything like that. And it's not like they're deep and they were deep in that position. So the fact they didn't use him was, you know, they got so desperate they finally started, and, and he started contributing. You know, when your bench is scoring nine points a game. 
okay, you were afraid he was going to get hurt. It's not like he's that much of a trade asset, you know, where, oh, we can't afford to let him get hurt, so we can't move him, and we're stuck with him. Okay, if you're stuck with him, you're a bad team stuck with an expiring, like, $6 million deal the second half of the year. I just thought, yeah, you're, that's a great point on that. They've, they've got to trade him at a pure principle. So, Holmes, not traded. My guy, BJ Lisa, traded. All right, leading score, Ryan. This, is the, this one's with the quickness. I, I predicted Buddy Heal looking back. You know, it's easy to look back and say, what the fuck was I thinking? But uh, he, he led the team in scoring in the past, and I, I really thought that, um, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I was wrong. I was wrong about that. You picked Aaron Fox, though, so you, you talk hey, about hey, how you're hey, right. So, so I picked Aaron Fox, and I picked him at, like, 23 a game. And into the All-Star break, he is averaging 23 points, 0 points you, per game. So you, you nailed it. Like you to, really – you really like did to, nail it. And and I want to say I want to say I said he was going to average like 7 or 8 assists and he's like at like 7.8 or something like that. So, yeah. Yep, you're I'm not you're, right you're, very often, but when I am, it's spot fucking on. Yeah, I was wrong as shit, but you know what? Eh, you you don't win them all, man. You don't win them all. So, that was a quick note, one leading score. Uh you know, Ryan and I try to be non-traditional. You know, most improved. You know, who's who's going to be the? We don't care about that. We just try to do some fun stuff. So that's what we did preseasons. We're going to have to do this at the end of the year. I mean, still a lot to come. There, are how many games in, Ryan? It's you know this this midway 30. mark. Thirty games. That's not a big sample size. It's it's really not. Might, might be like um, thirty one or whatever. Thirty two uh, games. Thirty two. It's games. not a big sample size. A lot can change in the second half of the year. The scoring can go up. The scoring can go down. Uh, and, and these things are still pending. So uh, that's our predictions on on our predictions. Uh, lastly, Ryan, we had said that the Kings. You know, to wrap up our preview episode, we said that the Kings would be in the ninth seed in that tier. Um, this one's tough. This is this is this is a tough one to talk about. Because it's frustrating because I think that we were right in that the starting lineup is talented enough to play in that tier, but we really underestimated how shitty this bench was and how much they weren't going to – I mean, I didn't think that they were you know, not going to – they were going to sign Hassan Whiteside and not play him, that they were going to roll in with Bielisa and, and not play him. So uh, t- well, let's talk a little bit about the Kings and our pre- predictions and well, what do we think – how, how do you think we fared, and where do you think they're going to go the second half? Um, okay, I'll be the first to say I thought they'd be a little bit better. 14 and 22, I believe, is what they're sitting at right now. Um, I thought they'd be a little closer to 500, but I would I would also you know, contribute that to me and Eric also said, too, that they were going to miss the playoffs because of the bench. And, you know, we knew the bench was going to be bad, but I don't think we knew that it was going to be this bad. I don't, I don't think any of us, you know, um, thought that it could possibly, this, this is the worst bench in the NBA. It is, you know, they, they are, they, they have the worst bench in the NBA and I didn't think it was going to be that bad. So going forward, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a big secret if they're going to, you know, unload guys and they're kind of just going to play the young guys and, and try to, you know, tank for a spot, which we don't want them to do. I don't know. They recalled Ramsey today from, you know, the G League Clippers or whatever the hell he was at. Um, maybe that's an indication of a trade to come and they suspect him to get minutes. I don't know. Um, I, I really, I'm not really going to make a prediction because I really, I'm kind of clueless, just like the rest of us. And it, it's a common topic. Like nobody really knows what Sacramento is going to do. 
I think that's a very good answer, and it's an okay answer. And it's not you're passing the buck, you're not making excuses. It, yeah. it, it's just been the most confusing thing for us is, like, the starting lineup clearly. I mean, it, if you want to argue and say that the starting lineup cannot compete with teams, you know, come on, argue with me. Find me. Hit, hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit, do the same with Ryan. You can argue that with us. I think that's a stupid take. I think that the starting lineup is talented. Um, I think it's one of the more talented starting lineups they've had in quite some time, and we were excited by that. Like I said, we knew the bench wasn't going to be great, but we didn't know they were going to just sign Hassan Whiteside, who's led the league in blocks last year, double-double every night, and then just not play him. Like, we didn't yeah, think that they were yeah. going to literally not play guys. Uh, yeah. You know, and so that's where it got frustrating. And honestly, I kind of thought because of the sh- – and I had talked about this in the preview. Because of the shortened COVID offseason, I thought the Kings would have made a transaction uh, early on, and they didn't make a transaction. And I'm – I'm surprised on that, but I guess because this year's a little bit different, like you mentioned in the beginning episode about how, you know, usually usually the trade deadlines at a different point of the season and stuff. So I, I think that uh, I think like you said, the trade deadline is the 25th, and we'll really be able to answer that, you know, more clearly. I think at this point, still though, Ryan, um, I mean, they're in the 13th seed. They're three games behind behind the Grizzlies, I mean, three or four games. I mean, and, and that's not that far back, really. Um, it's just like last year, really. It's, it's the same shit as last year where they they traded Ariza, traded Deadman, brought, you know, started playing Harry Giles finally, you know, put in Alex Len in the lineup and started playing Ken Bazemore, and all of a sudden they started competing all the time. So, you know, that it can be it can be that much of a difference, or it can just be let's develop the let's get rid of the expiring contracts for some assets, let's play the G League guys and let's roll around this thirteenth, fourteenth seed and see what happens in the lottery. I mean I mean it's up in the air. Um couple things, Ryan, here to have some fun. We talked about some NBA predictions. I'll remind you. Dude, we were dead on with the Western Conference. We talked about uh I mean the Jazz obviously are the surprise team. So in our preseason predictions, we factored them in as far as like a middle tier. But one thing I wanted to compliment you on is you really foresaw the Houston Rockets fall off. Uh, when we were talking about playoff teams, the uh, you had said in the prediction that if James Harden gets traded, that they're out. And that's true. They're, they're out. They're falling. So that's a good call on you. Uh, another thing that was notable in there, um, I, I was a little bit more – of a believer in the Spurs. I thought they were a veteran team and stuff. I think you were down on them. So I was looks down. like I, I was down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it looks like I might've been a little bit more right about that. Um, one thing we were both really off of on is the, is the Suns. I mean, we, we were really all year and this is something we have to come on and say, because I argued with people about, dude, what makes the Suns so great with Paul? You know, Chris Paul's not that good. I thought you had said on there that they have, there was a lack of depth. We thought they lost forwards from the last year, but shit, dude, they're number two team in the West. I don't know what to say. I mean, I guess, I guess, we we're just wrong. Well, I mean, whatever, you know. We we will we you know we will see. They're healthy. You know what I mean? Like they've been healthy. They haven't. You know, nobody's missing significant amount of time on there, and um, that has a lot to do with you know. You look at look at Utah. That's why they're up there, dude. They're healthy. You know, uh, look. We all know who the best team in the Western Conference when healthy is. It's the Lakers. You know, look at them. Um, so health has a lot to do with it. But yeah. Phoenix is a lot better than than I thought they were going to be. You know, guys like Cam Johnson, um, who's a three point specialist, Jay Crowder, so important to them. Um, you know, they're, the guys like that that have really just really helped them and in health. So uh, yeah, we were wrong, and I was also wrong against San Antonio, but it is what it is. 
We were dead on though. Warriors are right there. That was one thing we said. At the Dallas, beginning. Dallas, bring up the Dallas. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dallas is. We said that Dallas would come back. To, we said the Grizzlies would come back to earth from last year, which they're right around yeah. where they were last year. People thought they were going to take this huge jump. I wasn't buying yeah. that. But the Dallas Mavericks, that was the team that we both said. I think they're going to come crashing down to reality this year, and and they are. They're in the eighth seed, so it's kind of funny right there. I heard an interesting uh, podcast this past week, Ryan, with Rick Buecher. I don't know if you follow Rick Buecher. He was on. I was yeah. like an hour with him, and one of the conversations they were talking about was how um, – the, if you look at the standings all around the NBA right now, they're they're they are kind of unpredictable in some ways, and I think that the with COVID, I mean, we don't have any ins, but this is something that um, a, a lot of established teams with established coaching and schemes are doing well. That's where you're seeing like the Jazz do really well um, because teams aren't getting as much practices and stuff like that. And then it comes down to the health thing too. That Those two factors right there are making the standings look really weird. I think this second half of the year is going to be really interesting in the NBA overall. And for the Kings, I think do you, I'll ask you this, Ryan, to probably the last question to close it off. All right. Do you think, you know, we don't know, but do you think the Kings second half is, is worse or better than, than the first half? Based on what the based on everything. Uh shit. Uh I I think I think they're gonna be worse. They're I, be I, worse. I, I have a gut feeling that they're they're gonna sell the farm, dude. I, I really do. Yeah. Well, we're, we'll have to wait on those couple on those things coming up. I'm I'm keeping out hope. I th- here's what I'll say. I think it's gonna be better, and here's why I think it's gonna be better. I don't think they're going to trade anybody notable. I don't think Buddy gets traded. I don't think Barnes gets traded. I personally don't think Holmes gets traded. That's my predictions. I, I'm I'm gonna I don't know if I'm right. I'm not source. I, mean, I could be wrong. I don't think I don't think that happens. And I really think the biggest problem here is that they're only playing like seven eight guys. And so even if these guys from the G League come in and, and eat eat up minutes, and even if they trade Bielisa and get some proven NBA guy to eat some minutes, I mean that's better than what they were doing the first half and. I think that Buddy Hield, you know, I think the the worst of Buddy Hield is behind him. I think the worst of Marvin Bagley, you know, the first fifteen games is behind him. Those guys, those two guys particularly, have contributed. So I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm not. I'm not predicting playoffs. So you're right. We're not predicting playoffs. No, no, we're not. All right. So there it is, guys. Midseason check-in, trade deadline specials coming up uh, March 25th. The trade deadline. So we'll definitely do a trade machine. Um, a lot of fun episodes coming up in the future. So we appreciate you listening. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can do so by tagging us. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Ryan at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. We're number on act uh, or on a number of Facebook groups, including ours, Kingsland. So check that out and join that. And to stay up to date with a podcast, you can find it anywhere at Kingscast. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings! Kings. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.